This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, this episode is basically if we took the Calgary Flames and we put them against the Toronto Maple, Maple Leafs. Leafs. Yeah, that's the team. Is that Wendell Clark's team? <laughs> yeah. I, I only have a Wendell Clark reference. Um, but no, that this is basically is, the, the is two that markets. that Dougie Gilmore plays for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. These are the only two markets that we're talking about today. Uh, we're we're skipping Vancouver, yeah. But but we're pitting them against each other. Which is the better investment right now today? From two leading experts, Heather Lloyd and Patrick Briscoe. Well, and they both work for the Greywood Development Group. But Heather is a born and bred Torontoite, living in Toronto. Torontonian, Matt. Toronto, Toronto, Torontoite. Toronto. What? Yeah. What? That was my bad. Yeah. And Patrick is uh, a born and bred Calgaryite. Cal- Calgaryonian. <laughs> Calgaryonian. Um, yeah, and we're, we're, we're super excited to have... What is the Calgary? What is the correct Calgary Calgarian. Calgarian. Calgarian is it, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was lost there. You threw me off. Um, but this is super exciting. We've got both Heather and Patrick on. Uh, Heather, of course, is the VP of Sales and Marketing for Greywood Group. Patrick is the VP of Development. So we're talking to them not only about what they're excited about, uh, about both cities, but also where they see the best opportunities. Um, they're going to talk about a few projects 
and also just about their start in real estate and and uh, real estate in general. Yeah, it's no, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a great conversation. Uh, so stay tuned for that for sure. What else do we got, Adam? Matt? We haven't recapped last ep- episode of Succession yet. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but a lot of people wrote in about the previous comments oh. on Succession. But man, if you're not watching HBO Succession, that yeah, was, uh, are we going to do two intros on Succession? Well, no, let's just no, let's not let's not go there. But, but let's just say but the Pierce the floor the, secret. <laughs> Just, just for fun. <laughs> the Pierce family, the Pierce family dinner. Oh man, yeah, that's what. Just leave it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, uh, you Ichabob Crane looking. Uh, <laughs> we'll leave it there too. But uh, there's some great, great dialogue in that show, and uh, yeah, we love it. But what else we got? We got uh, it's fall markets picking up. We we noticed a lot of people getting in touch talking about listings. So I think there's going to be some more inventory coming to the market, which is exciting. Absolutely, and, yeah. Uh, there's there's yeah a lot of people reaching out to us uh, anecdotally. Um, hearing about some multiple offers on the North Shore, some kind of crazy multiple offer situations sure. on the North Shore. Sure. Uh, and then also, I think the stats just right off the bat in terms of sales, uh, early September, like the first 10 days is actually, they're up. Yeah. So it's uh, it feels like things are picking up. Well, it's, it's strange because sometimes you never really know. Like sometimes your personal business is really busy when the market's not that busy. But I feel like everyone I'm talking to is feeling busy right now, yeah. right? Like buyers and sellers getting in touch. Market seems to be picking up. There's kind of a renewed optimism in the market that wasn't there in the spring. Yeah, um, totally. About, you know, it, and I think that's the thing. I think uh, with inventory coming on buyers are out there so this will be an interesting fall but i think it's definitely going to be the uh the high quarter of the year that oh yeah yeah absolutely we also have a couple other business uh, items to take care of here one vancouverism larry beasley's book we do signed and I, I'm hoping we're going to start getting a royalty for how much promotion we're doing of Larry Beasley's Vancouverism. <laughs> someone actually, uh, I was speaking to someone the other day who asked me if it actually turns into a coffee table, this book, um, a la Seinfeld. Um, but, but yeah, it, it is a great book. It's a beautiful book. Larry took all the photos himself and he wrote you a personal message before he signed it. I actually just met a friend of the show and uh, the whale of the West Dyke Trail, Swansea, yesterday and, yeah. and gave him a copy. Nice. And he was very taken aback by the personal message. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 So, that, so that was good. And then last, Adam, I feel like we maybe we were too aggressive. The editing process here is just, it's overwhelming me. Uh, the, the amount of thought and dedication dedication you have put into this listing package that yes. you that you have here yeah considerations for sellers thinking about listing their homes well we're it, gonna have to rewrite it i mean the the amount of sweat and tears i've dripped <laughs> on this thing uh we're gonna actually have to get a digital copy but it's, co- it's I'm, coming i'm hoping uh secret can help me transcribe it because uh it is there this thing is is it's it's a it's a masterpiece yeah if you're selling your home this year you're going to want to review this because there is no more thorough guide out there. I promise you that. Right, right. The masterpiece. Uh, that's that's high praise. Uh, self-praise. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we should cut to our, our talk with uh, Patrick and Heather. I can't wait for this one, guys. If you are debating an investment right across Canada, this is a super useful episode. And it's also just nice to check in on other markets and uh, and hear from people that are really engaged in those markets. So this is one that you won't want to miss. So Heather Lloyd and Patrick Briscoe from Greywood Developments. Enjoy. 
Okay, so we're here with Heather Lloyd, VP of Sales and Marketing, and Patrick Briscoe, VP of Development from Greywood Developments. How are you both doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, thanks. Yeah, great to talk to you guys, and thanks so much for taking the time today. Thanks for having us. Can you can you maybe start by telling us a little bit about yourself and also about um, Greywood Developments? Sure, yeah. Um, uh, myself, Patrick Briscoe, I uh, have been uh, in the development industry for about 15 years. I uh, joined Greywood Developments about three years ago, and prior to that was developing uh, suburban residential land development sites. So large master plan communities around the city of Calgary, um, you know, primarily building uh, lots to sell to single-family home builders around town. So I uh, have been working in Calgary for my entire career and uh, one of the few in the city uh, who is born and raised in Calgary. So uh, Calgary is a very, uh, well, I guess transient city. A lot of people have moved here for oil and gas. So I know a lot of my friends here in town are are from uh, elsewhere around Canada and even around the world. So um, uh, proud to be be part of Greywood Group, proud to be part of the real estate industry in Calgary. And and with that, you, you get to make, uh, basically shape the city, which is, has been a lot of fun. Yeah, you know what? we Adam and I both lived in Calgary um, some time ago, and I feel like we didn't, we knew a lot of people in Calgary, and we hardly knew anyone who was born in Calgary. It's kind of like Vancouver, actually. Vancouver is very similar. Yeah, yeah, I kind of feel as I'm a unicorn in the city, so it's not, <laughs> not many of us that uh, uh, hard to find. Yeah, and 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 sorry, Heather. Before we get to uh, to the Greywood Group and yourself, Patrick, how how did you get? I'm just curious how you got your start in um, in kind of the more suburban master plan communities and r- real estate in general. Yeah, funny enough, uh, somewhat runs from the family. My uh, father works for a large. Uh, contracting construction company here in town. So was introduced to the industry through him. And I started out uh, while in university here in Calgary um, on construction sites, either working or as uh, an engineering inspector. So uh, would sit and watch pipes go in the ground and sidewalks being poured and um, basically saw everything from, you know, a raw patch of land to, uh, a finished product uh, at a very young age. So uh, got interested in, in the uh, development side of things shortly after that. Um, uh, it was, was always fun seeing the everything get built and I wanted to know more about how it was planned and how it was marketed. So uh, it was kind of a, a natural fit for um, you know, my experience coming out of school and, and looking for something to do. Right on it, and and you, Heather. Um, so I uh, I started in real estate probably about twenty years ago, or just shy of twenty years ago. Um, and uh, started with a research company here in Toronto doing market feasibility studies, and quickly learned that that wasn't really where I wanted to be. So, uh, um, because I was doing a lot of studies for different developers, I started kind of knocking on the doors of the different developers out there and um, started working, uh, sorry, luckily got a job as a marketing coordinator for one of the larger developers here in Toronto, the Daniels Corporation, and worked with them and kind of worked my way up um, for 
about 13 years or so and uh, started Greywood about two years ago. So um, throughout kind of my my time um, in real estate, I've had the opportunity to kind of work on some master plan communities, like the Regent Park redevelopment here in the city. Wow. Um, some of the bigger, de- yeah, some of the bigger developments up in, um, in North York, um, out in Mississauga, shaping some of the city center. And uh, joining Greywood two years ago is, kind of have been uh, opened my eyes to other parts of Canada, obviously Calgary, and that's been really exciting. So, uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's been exciting kind of obviously close to 20 years in, in real estate and seeing the city grow in particular Toronto grow. Toronto's grown a lot over the last little while. Yeah, no kidding. An exciting time to be in Toronto is, uh, can you, can you talk a little bit about the Greywood group, which, which began in Toronto? Yeah, um, sure. We are um, a Toronto-based uh, private investment management company, and we obviously specialize in real estate development. Uh, we've been around for about 30 years or so. Um, I often say, you know, we've, we're one of those companies that uh, we've got, we've done a lot of work in the city, but we haven't always been, had our name at the front of um, kind of on all the marketing assets. And so lately we started to kind of come out a little bit more and get our name out front and center um, but we're behind the Ritz-Carlton here in Toronto, which is one of our landmark buildings. Um, we're about 45 people in total. Uh, so we do everything from site acquisitions to underwriting, development approvals, um, marketing and sales. And then most recently, we just added a construction division to the company. So, so we're continuing to grow. Um, like I said, we do most of our work in Toronto and have some pretty notable buildings here in the city, um, but have also done work in Dallas and, uh, and of course, Calgary. And um, in total, I think we've got about 3,500 residential units under development at the moment. You know, just thinking in that vein, and that's obviously a very impressive resume, but why, like if you're, if you're in Toronto, Toronto's a fantastic market to be in um, with continued growth. What what made um, what made Greywood Group want to branch out and explore other markets? Greywood, um, as Heather mentioned, are an investment based company. So uh, Greywood uh, has got to the point where um, wanted to complement some of the portfolio of Toronto projects with uh, another region outside of Toronto. Um, so across Cal- Canada. Um, uh, took a lot of note into Calgary and and followed the growth uh, in particular in Calgary over the past decade. Um, so Greywood uh, loves Calgary. Um, uh, you know, uh, it always a, a great growth opportunity um, with the oil and gas sector being here. It has been somewhat challenged for the last few years, um, but it was an accessible market to be able to find. Uh, good sites in, in great locations and up-and-coming communities. So um, real estate is always about the location. And uh, with Calgary, the, the metrics behind uh, site acquisition and great location kind of aligned and aligned with the uh, business goals of, of Greywood. Um, so other markets were analyzed across uh, Canada. Um, you know, uh, everyone definitely takes a look at at uh, expanding to Vancouver type of market or uh, other spots in Ontario or, or Quebec, but um, all the metrics really lined up about Calgary. Um, and then uh, tooting my horn a little bit, having the right boots on the ground uh, um, <laughs> is, is necessary to, to 
uh, be able to to grow and, and make those local cook connections. So um, uh, putting all those pieces of the puzzle together um, made Calgary a perfect fit. Can you guys talk a little bit, or either one of you, about about some of the the metrics you guys are looking at? And, and I, you kind of touched on it a little bit, Patrick, but some of the metrics that Greywood's looking at to assess markets across Canada or the United States? Oh, yeah, I was going to say our, our goal um, in every market is, is to stay on top of the market. So we're, we're, we're always assessing um, all these markets. So you know, we have a, a lot of uh, very experienced professionals in the Greywood office um, with all types of, of background of experience from, um, you know, the seniors background to commercial real estate to residential all the way to uh, apartments, um, rental apartments. So we use a lot of that expertise to to uh, assess the market and, and, you know, really get a feel for uh, the local uh, side of things behind uh, the ex- experience of Greywood staff. Um, our toolkit really ranges from reviewing reports, uh, staying on top of leading software and subscription services, um, to creating our own internal reports and then analysis, um, uh, along with our, our local connections. Um, utilize a, a lot of our internal expertise and relationships to uh, assess these markets from top to bottom. So we, uh, as Gray would always believe that the best investment is an exceptional development. And ultimately, the question we're trying to answer is, do the market conditions allow us to do what we do best? Um, so success in real estate is always achieved well before sale. Uh, actually start on a project. And, and what... What did you guys like about about Calgary? Like, it sounds like before you mentioned like that sites were available. Um, presumably, you were looking at it before 2014, uh, or maybe not. But when the when the kind of downturn in in oil prices hit, um, like, what exactly uh, are are the kind of exciting components that would make you guys want to actually head into Calgary? Uh, Calgary is historically defined by what's going on in the resource sector. So, um, you know, when Greywood started looking at uh, some of the, the projects or potential opportunities here, it was, was a key driver behind it. So um, the market was strong uh, pre-2014 and uh, continued, continued to see signs of, of strength when we were looking at our first project here. Um, I think I touched on a little bit before, um, you know, the, the access to, to some good opportunities. So um, focused around, uh, you know, projects around LRT stations uh, in redeveloping areas um, and with a lot of amenities behind them. Um, so with that, we uh, looked at, you know, the, the market as a whole being able to give great affordability uh, in great locations to uh, potential purchasers. Um, so, you know, Calgary always has had a very high affordability index. Um, over the past years, it has ranked in the RBC safe zone over the past years and still continues to do so uh, as far as homeowner affordability goes. So that uh, affordability will, will always drive the market in Calgary, um, despite fluctuations in the resource sector. 
uh, it, it still is a, a very affordable spot to to live and to to create a life for for someone moving from uh, outside of Canada or even uh, inside of Canada. Um, with that, we still continue to see the net migration in Calgary be positive, uh, both interprovincial and from international migrants, um, seeking that quality life and opportunity that, that Calgary offers. Um, so it, it's really excited Greywood and, and really forms the backbone behind, um, you know, why we will see ourselves in Calgary for a long period of time. Um, that uh, you do see fluctuations in the market, but but it is uh, relatively protected by um, how uh, great of a place it, it is for Calgary and how it is one of the top places in the world uh, to live. Right. Just thinking about kind of Calgary um, and the and the culture in Calgary. I was I was in Calgary not that long ago, and we we both uh, Adam and I have lived there quite some time ago now, but. Um, it strikes me as an interesting, Patrick, that you worked in the kind of suburban single family residential side of, of the market where, where Calgary saw, like, since I live there, it's, it's insane kind of how the sprawl in Calgary, like how much bigger it seems to have gotten when you're, when you're there and, uh, and it just goes on and on and on. And now you're on the condo side, which seems like, you know, a kind of change in the culture, a move towards how millennials want to live, walkability, that type of thing. Like, are you seeing a change in the culture in, in Calgary, uh, kind of away from car culture and more to kind of walkable, smaller spaces, you know, kind of urban lifestyle? Yeah, a little bit. Um, the Calgary dream, or almost in the Alberta dream, is both to have a, a house with the backyard that uh, is seems to be the, the ingrained culture in, into Calgary and um, actually, a, I mean, a fantastic offering and an opportunity. You, uh, you know, everyone wants to have the, the white picket fence in, in front of their place uh, or their house. Um, I think what has flipped over the past 10 years that I've seen is um, the density in downtown Calgary and then the uh, almost little bit of resurgence in the downtown uh, entertainment and, and restaurant offerings here in Calgary. So um, 20 years ago in, in town, you would walk around uh, on a Saturday night in downtown Calgary and uh, not see a person for a city block. But right. um, it really seems as though there has been a, a change in kind of the, the cultural and the cultural aspect of, of town that you have that uh, you know, draw to downtown, you know, a lot of great restaurants, uh, um, a lot of uh, fun things to do, a lot more arts, a lot more culture. Um, you know, the, the brand new city, Calgary, city of Calgary Public Library just opened, which is it's an amazing building. Or redevelopment of East Village in Calgary uh, has been very well done, which um, to support all these, these new buildings. And, um, you know, there are many events and festivals and um, uh, even uh, you know gatherings that, that happen on any given weekend that, that has really changed that. So uh, what excited me about it really was that, that cultural shift in, that Calgary is having where um, a lot more people do want to live closer to, to the core and, and be a part of uh, all the action that is happening. 
Yeah, that's great. And we've actually, we've had quite a few people on to talk about Calgary. And I mean, we've heard about the area, the East Village area, and and it seems there there is definitely a lot of exciting things happening in, in the city. And uh, we kind of talked about it when we were off air, but Calgary also seems to be topping a lot of lists for most livable city in the world. And and it seems to definitely, at least the downtown and immediate surrounding areas, seem to, seems to be going through um, uh, quite a quick change, um, for sure, for sure. Can you talk a little bit um, about where Calgary is in its market cycle and then also kind of how the market is currently doing? Yeah, I, I can talk on that a little bit. Um, we saw a lot of people concerned with the resale market and choosing not to enter the market over the past year. Uh, this is starting to change a little bit. There is more confidence coming back into the market. We're seeing positive year-on-year uh, changes um, with with sales volumes in the resale market. Um, yeah, really that, that confidence is, is coming back into the, the, the market right now. Um, even on the, the single-family home side in, in new build, there um, is a lot more uh, positivity and uh, progression in, in the sales in Calgary. Um, so we're seeing a little bit of an upswing. Um, it's further uh, supported by the, the decrease in vacancy that, that we're seeing in Calgary. So uh, coming to uh, about 3% vacancy, which are close to historical lows for uh, rental product in Calgary. Um, so with this, we, we see you know, some more uh, stronger prospective growth uh, with job creation. Um, and it still is a very educated and innovative workforce. Um, so people uh, are being a little bit more entrepreneurial um, in Calgary, diversifying away from the oil and gas sector. Um, still areas such as healthcare, um, hospitality, and distribution uh, have almost picked up the slack from uh, those jobs that were lost. So uh, Calgary is a, a transportation hub for Western Canada and, and distribution with, uh, you know, the ongoing um, popularity of, of things like Amazon. Uh, you know, there are more distribution centers being being constructed here as, as really a, an epicenter for, for transportation. Um, so a, a lot of positivity around the market. Um, there's still a long way to go, but... Uh, there's a lot to be optimistic about. And again, like I said, with the affordability, uh, it, it offers itself a, a great place to invest, a great place to move, and a great place to grow. So so it sounds like there's uh, light at the end of the tunnel on the ground uh, there by, by the sounds of things. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I think things are, are definitely trending in the right direction here. Um, as far as the market goes, and and you're certainly seeing the real estate industry uh, showing the the positive numbers that uh, uh, reflect that. Well, and one thing, and this is more thinking out loud, and and I have a just a question, uh, I guess for you, Patrick, considering you're born and raised in Calgary. But one thing that this downturn uh, potentially did, by the sounds of things, is really kind of help the city diversify right um in terms of of away from uh 
the the oil industry and and kind of get because it's kind of always boom and bust like i remember when i first i moved to calgary kind of mid 90s it was impossible to to find a rental at that time like it was it was the boom was incredible i'd never seen anything like it um but it sounds like there's been a lot of diversification over the last three four five five years um with all that said and thinking about kind of property types a little bit and and your experience in both single family and and uh the condo market like if you were a mom and pop investor because a lot of the people we that listen to the show are and you were looking for an investment property in calgary what what neighborhood um would you be thinking about and what property type would you still be thinking single family home as as kind of the best investment or what are your thoughts there yeah i mean i think uh with with such a young population in in calgary it uh to me it seems like still the location with proximity to downtown so uh calgary is still uh, very centered around the downtown core and most jobs um are uh, in looking for an investment type of property, uh, I think the, the strongest offering is, is still to attract the, the millennial or, or uh, you know, a first-time home buyer, but a millennial type of, of renter. Um, so being close to, to transit, being close to the downtown core, and being close to those in the entertainment sectors are are all um, probably the, the top key metrics in, in investment in, into the city. Um, I'll let maybe Heather talk a little bit more about, um, you know, types of units or, um, you know, the kind of programming that, that we would recommend for, for investment. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, Patrick. Like, well, I mean, any good investment comes down to a really good location. And I think, that, um, you know, locations that are focused around transit and usable amenities, like grocery stores and restaurant shops, that sort of thing, are, are typically the best ones. Um, in terms of, you know, type of product, I think, like Patrick said, it's products that really are attractive to, to young professionals and to students or maybe say millennials, but um, I think really anything at this point. So, I think uh, something along like a, a very well-programmed kind of one-bedroom, one-bedroom plus den is is always a great investment option. Anything that um, uh, that you can purchase and is going to be able to cash flow for you from a rental perspective. Um, and I think some of those smaller, like I said, really well-programmed and efficient suites that that we see out there are are the best ones for for purchasing for like a mom and pop type of investment, like you said. Right, and it's worth noting the. You do see cash flow. You're cash flow positive in in Calgary, right? Like this is this is something that Vancouver investors don't have the luxury of when they're investing in in Vancouver. Usually, I think you're right. I think that that's another defining thing that kind of sets Calgary apart in terms of investment, and is the fact that some of the, the projects that we see coming out in Vancouver and in Toronto even these days are are not going to cash flow simply they're just not going to unless rental rates really increase over the next little while so whereas in Calgary the prospects are really not are not far off at all or even in some cases very attainable um, or will be over the next few years so I think that that paired with like we said before kind of the increase in 
um, immigration coming into Calgary and um, and the vacancy rates declining. I think they're all good signs for healthy investments uh, in Calgary. Excellent, excellent. And and um, in that same line, Heather, um, just kind of in, in talking a little bit about Toronto, uh, we've had uh, we've had Andrew Lafleur as a friend of the of the show who's been on the oh. podcast a number of times, and of course we had Brad Lamb yeah, on. Uh, we have Brad. Brad, Brad Lamb. Lamb. <laughs> Brad Lamb knows condos. Um, <laughs> um, also, some of the best marketing uh, in the real estate game, for sure. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, good friend Andrew was saying that uh, prices in the resale for newer buildings in, in downtown are like 1100 a foot yeah, now. Yeah, they've around 1100 And uh, I think he was saying that, you know, like obviously pre-sales, you've got some some big developers like West Bank going in and doing some incredible projects in, in the city. Can you talk a little bit about the Toronto market? I mean, it's, it's done incredibly well weathering, uh, weathering the storm and, uh, it appears to be kind of bouncing back. Um, what are your thoughts on the market right now in Toronto? Um, well, we're kind of, you know, we're in the fall, which means we're right on the cusp of that busy season. So, um, uh, I think, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting fall. We have, a projected 37 launches happening in the GTA this year uh, or this fall in particular. So we'll see if if they all if they all happen or not. Um, but I think we're going to see some price some pretty big price tags um, across the GTA. Uh, I know even just some of the preliminary projects that have started to come out, we start to see some increasing prices. But just when you think they can't get any higher, they continue to get higher. Um, so with that, I think, I don't know, I'm not sure that we're going to see the same type of absorption that we saw in 2018. I think we'll still see healthy absorption. I think, I think we'll still see, you know, some of those bigger buildings blow out. Um, but I don't think, I think they'll probably stage them a little bit more. So rather than going out with an entire building all at once, I think perhaps it's going to be different phases so that they can tier pricing a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about it, but just the price of construction alone is is astronomical, which obviously often dictates our end price point and sure. kind of keeps us guessing to the last minute on a lot of things. So um, having to make performance work, I'm, I think we're all kind of everybody in the city is is trying to make sure that their pro- their projects work efficiently and that, um, but still kind of accommodating and kind of being able to to be on target with the market. So it's challenging. I think overall though, I think it's I don't I don't necessarily see the Toronto market taking any major dives anytime soon, but I don't think it's going to, to continue to grow much more than it already has. It might kind of continue to grow a little bit here and there, but not make any huge jumps. You would you would think that it's it, similar to the Vancouver market, you know, that the twenty percent year over year is just not sustainable, right? I mean, well, not not only that, it also no. yeah, and and just what you're saying, and I I don't think I think we've kind of moved away from this idea of like Toronto slightly behind Vancouver in terms of of market cycle because you guys seem to have done something entirely different over the last year. But when you're talking about these new, the new construction price tags just being where it's like everyone couldn't believe it before. And now it's even, it's even more unbelievable. I kind of remember that reminds me of end of 2017 where in Vancouver, it was like, wait, what? Like this, this can't be possible. 2,800 square, $2,800 a square foot. (laughs) Exactly. Sure. Uh, I think that people are being more cautious about that now. Like, I I mean, 
lucky for us, we kind of have Vancouver to, to learn from a little bit. So I think that we are all just being more cautious about when we launch and how we launch and the strategies in which we take to do those launches. And like I said, is it releasing the whole building or is it cheering the releases and being cognizant of price increases or coming out at certain price points, knowing that it's going to take longer uh, due to construction or, you know, if it's a, it's a four-year time lag between approvals and those sorts of things, um, uh, um, how are we going to be bringing this building to market? So. Right. So, I mean, it's not to say that we've mastered it at all or to say that, like, there isn't there isn't going to be, you know, some issues down the road. It, I mean, I don't, I can't see into a crystal ball, but I think that um, there is some cautiousness, I guess, but that seems to also be paired with some, some bold moves as well. So it's, it's a little bit hard to, like I said, it's hard to predict exactly where the Toronto market will go. Right. Um, but like I said, like we've been told there's, there's 37 launches that are happening this <laughs> fall. Whether those actually happen or not, I, I don't know. But uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Do, do you have an area that you're excited about in Toronto? And uh, what would you buy from an investor's perspective? Um, uh, oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, number. Of, I mean, we have a number of projects that we are currently working on that, of course, we're excited about. Um, that we have our Wonder Project in Leslieville. Um, which is uh, just kind of to the east end of the city core. Um, the east end is kind of on, you know, people are moving to the east end and really, really liking its proximity to the downtown uh, core. It's on transit, it's easy to get to, and it's kind of like this village outside of the city. So people really like kind of the east end of, of Toronto. Um, uh, we also have a project up in um, uh, West St. Clair West. So it's kind of, I guess, uh, it would be like northwest just above High Park in the city. Um, again, another transit-driven location, um, kind of a bit of an up-and-coming neighborhood, which I think are always some of the better neighborhoods to look at when investing. Like, it's very easy to put your money into an area that's very well-developed and there's a million condo buildings around it and it's proven, but to put your money into an area that's, uh, like, on transit and has all of the makings of a great neighborhood but just hasn't been discovered yet, I think... It's sometimes the better decision to make because of the potential for growth with the invest with your investment. Right, and that's where that's what Scout is. Scout is really in this area that um, is kind of on the cusp. I think in the next you know five to ten years, we're going to see uh, some significant growth and some significant development in that area. And all of a sudden, people will say, "Remember when this was that? Remember when this was that neighborhood?" And right now, it's something totally totally new, and the values will be significantly higher. Um, and then we have a, a new community that we're launching this fall called 250 Lawrence, which is up in Bedford Park. So um, located within the proximity of one of some of the best schools in the neighborhood, very affluent area. Um, but this building's a little bit different in the sense that there really isn't anything else like it out here in the city. It's a mid-rise building, uh, it's got some smaller units, um, uh, which you don't really see in this neighborhood and actually allows people the opportunity to get into this neighborhood at a price point that they will never be able to get into currently or probably not in the future. So, uh, um, so I don't know, in terms of like the best place, there's so many great neighborhoods to be able to invest in Toronto. Um, but sometimes I think some of the best ones are just maybe a little bit off the beaten path and not the ones that you you're expecting so not the ones that are in the entertainment district or in Yorkville necessarily or the ones that are kind of kind of the cookie cutter locations and the one I think they offer the most oh, for growth 
Okay, yeah. and and sorry, just to go back to was it Scout? Um, that's all. That's the yeah. the yeah. neighborhood sort of, that is transit oriented, but kind of hasn't been discovered. Which neighborhood was that? And then, do you have um, like? Are you guys selling that right now? What what kind of price points are you talking like on a price per square foot there? Yeah, so um, both Wonder and Scout have launched already, so they're about a year into their program. Wonder, we only have a handful of units left, and that's the one in the East End. Scout is in the West End, um, so it's at St. Clair and Old Weston Road. And uh, our price point there, price per square foot, we're just under eight hundred um, dollars a square foot there, which is incredibly affordable in the city. So you can buy a three bedroom unit for eight hundred thirty six thousand dollars on that project. Wow! Um, and you can step out, step out your front door and uh, and jump onto onto the streetcar. So, um, like I said, it's the there are other developers that are starting to come into that neighborhood. Their transit is what, from what I understand, one of the best uh, transit lines in the city. It's always on time, always efficient, um, and it's just up the street from the junction, um, High Park. It's, right down the street from a grocery store and some big box stores. So like I said, it's immediately when you go there, it's not um, immediately obvious that this is going to be something, but if you are kind of reading the writing on the wall and looking at all the signs and kind of keeping an eye on what's happening in the neighborhood, you can see that this is going to be somewhere that is going to explode over the next little while. You know, it's, it strikes us. I mean, we, we're obviously not experts in Toronto, but we, we speak to a lot of people in that market. And, and it seems like even though the, the kind of the more suburban areas or, or the GT, greater GTA region or, uh, seems to have softened quite a bit, well, downtown kind of really just powered through. And is that kind of more just a, a testament to people wanting, like young people getting into the condo market or investors perhaps, but people wanting that that kind of urban lifestyle? Like, is it in Vancouver, we often talk about like the death of the single family home and people moving kind of towards more urban centers. Do you feel that same sentiment in Toronto? And can you talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah, I think that there is a draw to living uh, closer to the core somewhat. I think also our core has expanded a little bit. So, um, uh, I mean, people what, you know, it used to just be that people were working kind of more so downtown, but now downtown has kind of expanded out to the east and the west and up north a little bit more. So um, the opportunities for living closer to work are more available. Um, I also think people are working a lot from home these days. I think the way in which we work has changed. So that allows people the opportunity to you know, not necessarily feel like they have to live out in the suburban area, out in these suburban areas and commute in. They can live maybe more urban centric locations and and still kind of have the lifestyle that they got used to maybe in their 20s and now they're in their 30s and they still like that, but they don't want to be in the middle of everything. That I think also paired with the fact that there's been a re- really big movement in the city to accommodate family size units with condos. So um, uh, more and more, I mean, it's I think it's a, it's a bit of a slow burn. I think it's one of those things a little bit hard to wrap your head around, but we have, I think, a lot of people who bought in their, call it in their 20s, they bought these units that were one-bedroom units or got really accustomed to condominium living, and then they get married, and maybe they have kids, and they still want to live close to home, and they know what condo living is all about, and they don't necessarily want to maintain that yard, and so uh, they are looking for those larger units where they can have their family still and still live downtown and still raise kids. I mean, we've got condo units that now have uh, uh, kids 
like amenities that are specifically designed for kids, like playrooms, almost like those indoor play gyms that you see everywhere. Um, a number of buildings in the city have have designated amenity spaces for for kids. So, so I think the shift or the the mindset about condo living has shifted slightly from being strictly um, for like the young professional or the renter to being something that you know a young professional couple could could live in quite comfortably, or even like I said, families at this point. Mm-hmm. Last question for you guys, and actually, because Greywood Group has has projects in Toronto and Calgary, this, um, you know, I guess you could speak objectively. If you both were looking for, say, a one bedroom investment condo, which city would you choose right now? Right now. I, I, I and, think and I I'm, can predict. The I'm thinking here. cash flow. I'm thinking uh, potential for appreciation yeah. in say two to three years, or even or no two three and ten years. Let's say. Yeah, it's funny you should mention. I mean, um, my husband and I have talked about buying in Calgary for those very reasons. So, uh, um, and specifically at the Theodore because we just love the location and, like I said, we like the cash flow opportunity of it. We like the affordability of it. Um, so as much as I love Toronto and I love the Toronto market, um, uh, I don't know, I think that Calgary and in particular Kensington and the Theodore just, uh, kind of, like I said, they check a bunch of boxes for us from an investment standpoint. So for me, it would be Calgary at this point. And Patrick, you're probably going to say Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I, I picked, Tor- I picked Toronto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Honestly, um, I, I think that uh, Calgary Calgary poses the best uh, investment opportunity right now. Um, uh, and you know, not saying that Toronto is a bad investment opportunity, but from what I have seen in in some of the Toronto market, um, you know, some some of the prices are uh, in, incredibly high. Um, some of the deposit structures uh, are uh, a lot higher than. Uh, what Calgary would offer for a pre-sale condo uh, investment, um, and some of the timeframes are further out. So, just from the, the simple economic metrics of it, um, uh, and protection from risk, I guess, in that low deposit, uh, quicker construction timeframes, and uh, you know the the chance to get on an upswing market, um, I think Calgary poses the the more um, beneficial investment opportunity right now. And, and we should say that if, if you are listening and you do want to learn more about the Theodore, uh, which is a new building coming up in Kensington, uh, a great area in Calgary, uh, we just actually had Heather and Patrick on the Vancouver Presale Condos podcast, um, which you can go and learn a lot more about that development as well. Yeah, and and maybe maybe we'll leave it there. But how can uh, how can people find out more about you guys and and what you're doing? Uh, they can visit us online. We're at uh, graywoodgroup.com, and we're also on Instagram uh, at Graywood Development. Well, thanks again, Patrick and Heather, for your time. Uh, fascinating conversation, and uh, yeah, we are, we appreciate it. <laughs> thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much for having us on. Thank you.
So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Heather Lloyd and Patrick Briscoe from Greywood Developments. You know, Matt, it's interesting uh, talking to those two because they both actually, after uh, you know, an elaborate conversation about two separate markets, they both landed on Calgary as one of the best investments. Yeah, you know what? I think right now I, I might go Calgary over Toronto too. You know, it's, it's the cash flow, right? And it's also, I mean, Calgary is a great city. It's hyped right now. I feel like there's a lot of talk about Calgary. And it's, and, and, and it's been beaten down. It's right? been that, that's it's thing. been severely beaten. I, I think Patrick mentioned the you know the the downside risk in terms of losing a there's lot. There's very money. little downside. There seems like there's very little downside, and, and, and the and deposit structure is a nice, a nice uh, feature as well. There's so much more than the ship and anchor going for that city, and I, I should say I think that my there's still butt imprints from uh, from your state. Is in that Calgary. I haven't been to the ship and anchor pub. Is that a dare I say twenty years? I you know what I think it has been probably twenty years. <laughs> uh, I seem to I I remember the ship and anchor being uh, a fun place to go, but now I feel like it might have been like the Camby maybe in Vancouver where I uh, yeah I, I think it was it would really? be the equivalent of the Camby I think would that be the equivalent I don't know tough to it say it actually felt at the time like it was kind of a I'm going higher back. class joint but next uh, time I go to Calgary <laughs> I'm popping I'm popping in for sure. <laughs> I'll take a look to see if that dreadlock you left in the bathroom is still there. Because uh, those were, did, those were did, different days. I did lose a hemp necklace, <laughs> if <laughs> anyone found it. I bet, I bet. But, uh, but before we go any further, we should uh, mention we do have a winner. Yes, we do. Vancouverism, we do. Larry Beasley's book. And I just realized in the intro, I forgot to let everybody know, how do you get your own signed copy of Vancouverism? It's very easy. You go to Google. You type in Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. On the right-hand side, there's going to be a business profile. You hit review. You type a review in. You're immediately entered into the draw. We're, right. we're drawing, as anyone who's listened to this show more than once in the last couple months, this is an ongoing draw. We got a lot of books. Your chances are high. And uh, and there's no reason not to review this podcast. Yeah, no, there there really isn't, and and there is. There's less than eighty reviews. You have a one in eighty chance of winning, which is uh, really really great odds. And uh, we're giving a, a, a book away every week. So yeah, so your the, odds actually go up because there's several draws. Right, exactly, exactly. So so let's get to the winner. Drum roll, secret. And the winner is Secret. Uh, drop the sticks and uh, can you read that for me? Who's the winner? The winner is Vinay Patel. And uh, he writes, good, oh, great podcast. I listen regularly. Lots of good tips and great guest speakers. I rarely miss an episode. These guys are very knowledgeable and publish engaging content. I have definitely learned a lot from listening. I will have to go back and listen to some of the podcasts over as there is so much information to be learned. Okay, more on the floor secret. And congratulations, <laughs> Vinay. Yeah, congratulations, Vinay. Vinay Patel, get in touch with us. We got a book for you, uh, and you won't be disappointed. What else do we got, Adam? We got VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We do, Matt, with such resources like private client services. And I should say, if you're not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. It's basically realtor-level information at your fingertips. It's free. It's the best resource out there, and it's available on our site. And I should say, we've tried them all. We've got tons of searches set up ourselves, and there's no better way to monitor the market. There, really. there, there is absolutely no better way. Uh, there have been some people that have been reaching out in, in regards to uh, your masterpiece, Seller's Guide. 
There have been, yes. We have them on a list. We've put a list together of people uh, that they're going to immediately get that the minute that last period oh, is, is been, uh, pressure, man. Is been put pressure. on paper. If you're interested, we know it's early days in the fall market. If you're interested in getting a hold of that guide, and we are, it, it's an around-the-clock job right now. We're going to have that out soon. I'm getting up at 5 a.m. tomorrow. Get, get in touch. We also have the Livewire. That's our weekly newsletter that goes out. This week's Livewire... We have year-to-date and historical sales ratios stats. You don't even know this, Adam. I put the live wire together. We have Greater Vancouver. We have Metro Vancouver. And we have the Fraser Valley. These are stats you can't get 10 years going back sales ratios month over month. You can't get this anywhere else. This is just, I just put in the live wire just because I felt like it. Wow. You should start working on this guide. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And if you want to talk about that, or anything else, give me a call, 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. And we also got that secret line. Info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Well, have a great week, guys, and uh, thanks for listening, and we'll check back next Wednesday. Absolutely. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. And I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, 
new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020.